Amen. You can have a seat. How's everyone doing this morning? Wonderful. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Wonderful. Who got uh, sick for Christmas? Yeah, who's still contagious? Let me see those hands. Right on. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, I'm excited about this morning. We get to do something a little different. Uh, I want to give you a, a real quick big picture of what to expect over the next uh, number of months here at Christ Point, and then I'm going to ask the elders to come up as we share with you uh, our prayers for this place in 2020. Uh, we're going to do that this morning. Next Sunday, we have a vision talk. Elders are going to share again about uh, kind of what we're, what we're thinking about praying toward in terms of vision for 2020. We want to continue to dig deep and pointing people to Jesus. And so we want to, to talk about what does that look like here in this place for the next 12 months. And then we're going to be in a series uh, walking through some of the one another's that we read about in the New Testament. We really believe as a church that one of the ways that we point people to Jesus is by experiencing authentic community. Uh, the New Testament over and over again uh, uh, has uh, verses or passages that talk about the one another's. And so we're going to unpack some of those together as a church family. What does it look like for us to love one another and to encourage one another and to bear with uh, one another? And then after those uh, seven weeks, we're going to be in Philippians. Uh, that will take us to the summer. And then we're going to do uh, a series uh, in the summertime, three or four week series on lament. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but we live in a, a broken world, a world that is hardwired not to work. And so we're going to kind of uh, talk together about what does it look like for us to respond in a, in a biblical and a godly way uh, when the world around us doesn't work the way that we want it to. Uh, one of the most common psalms in the Psalter is the Psalm of Lament. And so we'll look at some of those psalms uh, together. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, at this time our elders, if they would, to, uh, to come on up here. Uh, I'm going to have a cool opportunity to kind of share the load today. Uh, Chris and Phil and Billy is fashionably late. He's coming from the back. <clears throat> He'll be here eventually. He wants a dramatic entrance. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, hey, Billy. Yep, this is the order. Uh, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6, Scripture records a, a time when the church was really growing. Uh, disciples were multiplying, and uh, there was work to be done. And the leaders in the church were, um, were not distracted, but they were pulled away from the ministry of prayer and the Word in order to meet some of the practical needs in their church body. And so the church came together and said, let's identify individuals who will come as servants to help meet some of these practical needs. So the leaders in the church, the elders in the church, uh, might be able to devote themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And so when you think about the role of an elder in a church, one of their primary roles uh, is to, uh, to minister to the church body in, uh, in the Word uh, and in prayer. And so this morning we want to share with you what are some of our prayers uh, for this place uh, over the course of the next 12 months, over the course of the next year. Uh, I'm going to share first, and I have a tendency to be a little long-winded, uh, so uh, Chris is going to poke me if I go too long, and then I'm going to hand it off to Chris, and then Phil and Billy will share, and then we'll give you guys an opportunity um, just to pray uh, at the end of our time together. So sound good? Good. If it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, this is what we're doing. So, 
Um, my, as, as I thought about my prayer for this place for 2020, I was reminded of a, of a passage that uh, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae in Colossians chapter 1. I want to kind of use it as a framework for what I share this morning. But Colossians chapter 1 uh, verse 9 says, And so... Uh, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Five things that uh, Paul mentions or notes in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And I want uh, these words to, to, again, kind of be a framework for me and for us as we pray for this place in 2020. Uh, the first thing that Paul notes is, um, is that, that he prays to the church or prays about the church in Colossae. And it says that uh, we have not ceased to pray for you. We have not ceased to pray for you. In, in other words, there was a persistence in prayer. Uh, Paul had a persistence in prayer when he thought about the church at Colossae. And I thought, boy, for, for us as a church, as a community, what would, look, what would it look like for us uh, to be persistent in prayer? Churches, for better or worse, uh, have a tendency to get a reputation uh, both by people within the church walls, but also people in the community. Uh, when you mention the name of a church, oftentimes people will go, oh, they're, they're known for whatever, fill, you know, fill in the blank. Um, we're, we're no different. I think over the years I've heard people as they've talked about this place say things like uh, that, that Christ Point has a desire and a passion for the Word. Right? They, they love the Word there. I, I've heard things like, man, there's great loving people there. When we, when we come to this place, we feel welcomed and we feel uh, loved. I've heard that this place has a passion for the community and for uh, the world in terms of missions. Uh, but, but one of the things that I haven't heard about this, this place is that this place is a place of prayer. Now, I don't say that as a, as a rebuke, but I just simply say it as an observation. It's interesting when Jesus is nearing the end of his life and he goes to the temple and he overturns the tables of the money changers, uh, he says to them a, a passage from the book of Isaiah. He says, this place is to be a place of prayer. But you've turned it into a den of robbers. And I just thought, I started thinking, like, what would it look like if we were marked by and known by prayer? That we were a, a praying people. That, that it wasn't the uh, exception um, to be prayed for. That it wasn't uncommon to share a story with someone uh, in the hallway about something God was doing in your heart and in your life. And for someone to go, hey, can we, can we pause and give God thanks for that? I mean, what would it look like if we were standing out in the hall and someone asked us about our week and we said, you know what, I'll be honest with you, man, I'm struggling. It's been hard. And we simply respond by going, you know what, let's, let's take that to the Lord. Can, can we pray about that? Like, what would it look like if we were a place marked by prayer? One of my prayers uh, for 2020 is that we would be a place marked by prayer. Uh, a number of weeks ago, there was a small group of people that started gathering at 9.45 in the morning in the cafeteria um, just to come together and pray. 
15 minutes, pray for the service and pray for our leaders and for our volunteers and for our community. Like, like I would love over the course of the next 12 months if, if many more faces would come at 945 and, and show up and say, hey, I just want to pray for this place and for her people. At the end of the service, we want to give people opportunities more and more just, just to pray together. As you're dismissed and you head out into the hall and go about uh, your business, I, I just picture a team of people who uh, are here to pray for you if God's moving in your heart and in your life. And so I, I want us to be a, a people marked by prayer. Uh, the second thing that Paul notes to the church at Colossae is that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So one of my prayers for this place is that we would, we would grow in spiritual wisdom. There's a difference, I think, between worldly wisdom and, and spiritual wisdom. Um, information is more accessible today than it ever has been before. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I get overwhelmed by all the information uh, that comes my way. I, I pick up a, a, a paper, or I read a blog, or I, I look behind on the bookshelf or open my Kindle, and there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of books and information that is accessible uh, to us. Um, there is a difference, though, between someone who is intellectually smart and someone who is spiritually wise. I want us to be a spiritually wise people. And the way that we become spiritually wise is to become wise about the things of God, to become wise uh, about this book. One of the ways that we point people to Jesus at Christ's point is that we encounter the life-transforming power of the Word of God. And so I want us to be a people of this book so that we will grow in spiritual wisdom. Not only is my prayer that we would grow in spiritual wisdom, but my prayer is that uh, we would be a people who pursue holiness. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, uh, fully pleasing to him. Um, th there is a, a sense when if you are a child of God, uh, then, then the righteousness of Jesus is yours. Uh, the goodness of Jesus is, is yours. Positionally, that is true. And... Uh, in the Christian life, God calls us to pursue holiness as a people. Maybe when you hear that, you think of one of two things. Maybe you think to yourself, like, I don't think about that a whole lot. Uh, or maybe you think, like oftentimes I do, you know what, I don't want to be a legalist. Like, I heard about that growing up. I kind of experienced some of that growing up. And so what, what I don't want is a, a bunch of rules and, and man-made regulations that I have to follow in order to be pleasing to God. Um, that, that's true, and yet uh, Scripture calls God's people to pursue holiness. He, he calls us to pursue Christ-likeness by the power of His Spirit. That means that our decisions in life matter. Right? Our decisions matter. Uh, the things that we invest in, the things that we uh, give ourselves over to, the things that we're passionate about, the things that consume our time and our energy and our effort, it really does matter because God uses those things um, to produce holiness in us. 
And so I want us to be a people who pursue holiness. I want us to be a people also who bear fruit. Paul says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. If you are a follower of Jesus, then God calls us um, to, to bear fruit. When you study that idea or concept in Scripture, especially if you were to look at John chapter 15, uh, fruit in the Christian life is having a love for God and a love for people. Uh, producing fruit in the Christian life is, is making disciples, of taking what God has given to you and giving it away uh, to others. It's multiplication. A fruit in Scripture is calling other people uh, to follow Jesus and to trust in Him. So as a church family, I want us to, on one hand, pursue faithfulness, that we'll be faithful to God and His calling in our lives, but also that we, by the power of the Spirit, would be fruitful, that we would multiply, that we would give away what God has given uh, to us. So one of my prayers for us is that we would multiply, that we would be fruitful, that God would grow our hearts and that we would take the gifts and abilities that God's given to us and that we would give them away to others. And then finally, my prayer is that we would grow uh, in, in knowledge of God. It says uh, in verse 11 that we would walk in a way worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. I've shared this before, but uh, my step-grandfather, Don, at his funeral a number of years ago, my uncle stood up and said that my grandpa, Don, spent his whole life uh, growing to know God and that he would spend all of eternity uh, growing to know him more. He spent his whole life growing to know God and that he would spend all of eternity growing to know God more. Uh, I hope in 2020 we grow in our knowledge of God. I hope when we read his word to us, our first thought isn't uh, primarily, how does this apply to me? But I hope our first thought is, what does this teach me about God? What does it show me about his character and who he is? I really believe that when we see God more clearly and we grow in our knowledge of him, then God transforms our hearts and our lives. So that is my prayer uh, for this place, not only for me, but for you in 2020. So Chris, that's all I got. That's it. That was good, James. Thank you. I didn't pay him to say that. Mine's about, mine's about a quarter of that, so. I tell you Which what. Which is good. That's, that's wonderful. Good morning, Christ Point. It's good to see all of you. Um, and I just want to say, these guys that I sit up here with, uh, they are just, uh, it's an honor to be here with these guys. They're, uh, they love you. They care for you. They're, they're top-notch guys. And so you're in good hands. I'll let you know that this morning. And also, if, I, if you don't know either, if you don't know any of us, you haven't, haven't introduced yourselves to us, please do so sometime at some point. Uh, we'd love to get to know each one of you. And uh, uh, we're a small enough body that that shouldn't be too hard to do. So, and uh, I'd like to have a the problem of not knowing everybody. That'd be fun. So, uh, so my prayers for CP this morning are simple. Um, that uh, as uh, Newell and Associates has helped us revision, and we're thankful for Al and, and uh, Wendy, and we're thankful for that revisioning process. Um, what CP's vision has been thought of and, and how it's, we've thought about it uh, 
you know, pointing people to Jesus and the four E's, uh, that, that might become real for each one of you, okay, individually. And what that means is that in your daily walk, you enjoy, uh, you equip yourself to be pointing yourself to Jesus by using and thinking surrounding the four E's. Um, so we're asking you, you know, if you, if you need to refresh yourself on what those four E's are, go to the website, ChristPoint.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's right there for you to, to look, to look at and uh, refresh the, your knowledge of those. And uh, we cannot expect to be pointed to Jesus uh, by the world around us. In fact, it will pull us away. And so, as James so aptly pointed out, uh, the knowledge of God, coming to know him more, it takes effort. Uh, it takes a turning of your time and spending of your time uh, doing that. I find in my own walk the struggle to prioritize and keep the word of God daily uh, as an intake. And so I pray that for each one of you. That's one of my prayers for Christ Point. Um, I also pray that each one of you will be uh, talking to him daily as we are talking to you. I mean, I think one of the most revealing things for me when I, in my walk is learning to talk to Jesus as he's in the room. I mean, if he was sitting across from you, how would you talk to him? Not that he's a distant being, but he's sitting there talking to you. Um, and that really does help you center your prayers and, and uh, just make it a lot more personal. And I also pray that each one of you... Uh, would CCP, uh, Christ Point is a place that uh, help you reset week to week, all right? When you come in here, you would be feeling yourself gently be pulling back to him. I pray that God would ultimately use Christ Point to glorify himself and uh, he, that he asks you to get involved in response to his love and mercy. So in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So each one of us up here will be praying for Christ Point this year, and we want you to feel free to come to us uh, with any prayer requests that you might have, for we each need those prayers and we need each other. So. That's my prayer for Christ Point for this coming year. So, Thanks, Chris. Hey, y'all. Um, my prayer for Christ Point is threefold. It's for our people, it's for a place, and it's for prayer. And so if you look around the room, uh, we have 154 individuals who call Christ Point home. That's 40 families. And so when you think about our people, my prayer is for you guys, each one of you. And some of you have decided to follow Jesus and love him and follow, and others, we don't know Jesus yet. And so my first prayer is like those who don't know Jesus, man, that God just wrecks you and he brings you to your knees, right? And he just, you just fall at your feet and you say, Savior, I need you. I need you. We cannot assume people know Jesus, right? Whether it's in our church, our neighbors. We can't. We, we, aren't, we aren't promised tomorrow, right? And uh, if we truly believe that Jesus came and died on the cross, why will we not share the gospel with someone? 
And why would we not chase them? We can't save them. He can. So that's my first prayer. It's like, if you don't know Jesus, man, you're missing out. And, and we as a body need to chase those individuals. We can't save them. But man, beg God to save them and be there for them. And if you do know Jesus, man, what, what, a, what a wonderful thing, right? And so my prayer for you, if you do know Jesus, is that man, you just grow in the love and affection for him. And you do that through the four E's, right? And so the first is just encountering the transforming power of the Word of God. Like on a daily basis, you hunger and you thirst for the Word. And it is in you from, from our kids, right, to our students, right, that you guys have a hunger and a thirst for the Word, not because mom and dad, but because, because you want to know him more. And for mom and dad and, and us adults, that we, we seek him on a daily basis through the Word. Right? And so that's my first prayer, like, that you hunger and thirst for the Word of God. Right? And then you experience authentic community. Like about a quarter of us are in small groups. The other three quarters are not. And so my prayer is that if you aren't in a small group, whether it's a men's group, ladies group, um, small group, that you get plugged in and you do authentic community with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? And then establishing a culture of joyful service. I love that most of us serve. Right? But that, that God uses your gifts and your talents and and he reveals that to you, but he aligns it with his purpose for you and, and, his, and his purpose for what we're doing here at Christ Point, and that you serve in that capacity. We've got a leadership development uh, training that's going on beginning of this year. It's going to be six months, and we're inviting eight to 12 individuals into that. And I pray that uh, God uses that to equip those individuals and to point, like, allow them to point others to Jesus, but they become stronger servant leaders and able to serve in their community, at work, and, uh, and, and either here at Christ Point continue to serve in their capacity or move into a different role as we continue to grow. Um, and then the last is engaging all people. Uh, if you look beside you or in front of you, there's an empty chair. So take a, look, take a second and look at an empty chair around you, right? That chair, my prayer is that by the end of this year, that chair is full because of God doing something in you and moving and you being obedient to his call. And so we have 154 people right now. My prayer is that we have 308 at the end of this year. And then next year, look around the auditorium. This is going to be full. And then my prayer is that that following year, God gifts us a permanent facility. He gives it to us. And so my first prayer for our body is that for our people, for those not saved and those saved. My second prayer is for a place, a permanent place. I love this facility. It's remarkable. We play ball over here with the students. Some of us adults have tried to play ball. It doesn't work out that well. <laughs> um, but it's a remarkable facility, and I love it. But God's got a place for us, and he's got a permanent facility that he's going to give us. Right? I pray that we have the finances to fully fund it in three years. But God graciously says, hey, here's a permanent facility and I'm giving it to you to steward. And we use the money somewhere else for his kingdom. That's my prayer, is for a place. And my last prayer, so people, place, and last is for prayer. It has to be our number one strategy. It has to be. We can have all these plans, but like, God, God is so much bigger. Who was here uh, last year 
when uh, Mariah Civic went missing. Do you remember what it looked like that Sunday morning when we didn't have church, but we really had church? You remember? This whole place was packed. I mean, the whole auditorium was full. And about a, a tenth of them were us. Everyone else from Highland Creek, I mean, all over Charlotte, came to look for Mariah. And that night before, we had searched, we had prayed. We had, we had people on their face in their driveway praying for her safe return. We couldn't find her. So we canceled church, and we came to church. And we, were, we had a plan, but we prayed. You, you remember the prayers that we begged God for, right? We begged him. And then we went out, and we started, I remember going out here. We, we had our groups. We knew which places we were going to search in Highland Creek. And before everyone got dismissed to go search, she walked through her front door. She walked through her front door. And it was nothing that we did. It was nothing we did. It was only God. And that's the only explanation. And my prayer is that at the end of this year, next year, God is so big that he answers our prayers so big it can't be explained. It's only God, and he gets all the glory, and we get none of it. And we continue to steward what he's given us and point people to Jesus. So that's my prayer. Wow, that was good. Um, I'm Billy, one of the elders, if you don't know. Um, my prayer is, in essence, ditto to everything that these guys have said. Um, It'll only take me about 45 minutes to tell you what I was saying. No, I'm kidding. It'll go quick. First, I want to start by just saying how grateful I am uh, to God for uh, our church, for this church, this local outpost of God's global church. Um, our, our, I've been here for a while, and I'm just incredibly grateful for the health of our church. I look at the people that are here, I look at the relationships that are formed and are being formed, um, I look at this location where we are, I look at the, the hearts of the people that are, that are all in, and our church has never been healthier. Um, it's never been a more fun place to come every Sunday for, it, for me personally than it is now. Um, I'm one of those corny guys that really, really looks forward to church on Sundays. Um, sometimes I can't, I can't put a finger on why all the time. Um, uh, it might be because we have the best preaching on the planet. It might not be because of that. It might be because of the best singing. It might not. But it's ultimately about the relationships. And, and I just love that. And so my prayer naturally is to grow, is, is moving towards um, the health of our church uh, and that continuing I'm praying some specific things as, as leading the GO team. I'm praying for a local ministry partnership uh, for us to, um, to, to have some significant going out into the community and, and reaching the loss for Jesus locally. Uh, we want to be strategic. We want to be focused. We want to do that well, and we want it to be fruitful. And so I'm praying for that. I'm praying for more international going opportunities as we expand that with the ministries we're a part of or others that we might join. Um, God is a global God. He's on the move, um, and I want to play a part of that, and I'm, I'm hoping a few here want to join that. 
or a lot here want to join that. So I'm praying for that. I am praying for, for a permanent facility, not because I don't enjoy this facility. This is a great place. We use every square inch that they let us use. This, this cafeteria has probably been one of the biggest un, unthought about blessings because of what we're going to experience here after church where we get to get to uh, come together and do things. I'm so grateful that the chairs are set up every Sunday when we come in and they're in neat rows and, and it looks good. I'm so grateful for the sound and the stage. This is a great facility. Um, and so there, there's not a, I don't want you to hear a, an antsiness or a disappointment with where we are. It's just that uh, I long for us to have a facility that we can meet during the week. I long for us to have a, a place that we can call home that becomes a, a place of activity that's not just on Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever a traditional church building gets used for, but that it's a place for, for just the community to call home and to be familiar and to know. And so um, I'm praying for that unapologetically. Um, I, I think God uh, grants answers to big prayers. I want us to be a place where... Um, as I think about the leadership development that's going on here, I'm ultimately praying for growth internally and externally. Okay, when I, pr I have a prayer list for myself. I have internal prayers, prayers for God to change my heart, my attitude, my pride, my sin, to, to, to change me and draw me to Him. And then I have external prayers where I'm praying for things that I want to accomplish, things that I believe God's laid on my heart. The internal always drives the external. I mean, God changes us from the inside out. Um, and I'm praying that for our church. I want us to, to continue to grow internally. Leadership development, discipleship, community, uh, everything that these guys have said, um, God, I, I, I'm begging God for this to be a place where we continue um, to become people that he's called us to become. Weighty people. People that as we interact with our neighbors and our coworkers, that they know something's different. They can't put their finger on it. Maybe, maybe, you know, some of us are extro extroverts, some are introverts, some are going to talk about Jesus as they walk through the door, others are going to wait a while or maybe not or struggle with that. We all have our brokenness and we're all jacked up. But there's something different, there's something weighty. And I want that to be something that, that we continue to see. I look out here and I just love the people that, I, that my eyes are seeing. There's not a single person here that I, that I look at and go, God is showing off. God is, I mean, I'm humbled that, that I get to serve with you. I mean, I, I just, y'all are just people that God has his hand on. And, and I'm praying for our continued internal growth. And I'm praying for our external growth. I want more butts and seats. There are people that we're going to have, that we're going to see after we leave here that don't know Jesus. And they're going to hell if they don't learn who, if they don't meet Jesus. That's the reality. And I want them to know Jesus. And I, we're going to play a part in that. And I want them to come here to get discipled. I, I think we have, um, James is too good of a pastor, too good of a word deliverer um, for the people that we know not to hear it. Just too good. What happens in the gathering, what happens in the students, what happens in our small groups is too quality, is too eternal focused for more people not to play a part in that. And so it has nothing to do with, with wanting it big for the sake of being big. It's, and, and I think in the, old, in the New Testament, the church, I think of, I don't, I don't know this, I haven't done a study, but a church of 154 people would certainly not be considered small 
in, in the New Testament church. I don't think when Paul went to meet with people that they were filling auditoriums. I think they were, they were, it, was, it was a small group of people that went out in the community and changed the world. And that's what I want here. And so I'm praying for that. Um, I think that's it. Um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this. Thank you for uh, that. Do you have a message? Okay. She, um, I thought she had a sign up. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm just grateful. Thank you for letting me share. And these guys are awesome. I'm humbled to play, to play a small part in this. Um, that God lets me serve, and, and I love his church, and I pray that that love continues to grow in me and in each one of you as well. I'm, I'm just humbled by, by what I see and experience every Sunday. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for sharing that. Uh, we just want to give people an opportunity now to pray. And so I ask um, Melissa uh, to come and, and to play a little bit, and uh, the team is going to come lead us in a, in a song. But uh, you, you've heard some of our prayers for this place for this next year. And I thought just kind of in the quietness of your, of your seat this morning, you could spend uh, some time with, with the Lord, praying, uh, praying for yourselves, praying for the people around you, and, and praying for this place. And so um, I'll close our time in prayer, uh, but would you uh, bow your heads with me and, and just spend some time with the Lord?